Welcome to AwareCast. In this podcast, we talk about information security risks in your day-to-day life, both on and offline. Each episode, we interview a specialist from the field about recognizable situations. AwareCast aims to inspire and inform you to become more resilient against information security threats and increase your security awareness. This podcast is hosted by Awareways, a company that helps organizations with behavioral change in the field of information security and privacy. There's one part and that's gamification where people are motivated to, to do something with it. And that's mostly, of course, because gamification is basically, uh, it distills how uh, we are motivated in life and uses those components in some other context, for instance, uh, information security in this case. So people are motivated to work with it more because they, uh, they can see their progress towards a goal. All right, uh, welcome to our third episode uh, for Awarecast. This one's about gamification. Uh, my hosts, or my guests today rather, uh, are Olivier Hocke from Game Tailors and Tommy Wiltschut, uh, which is an account, account executive at Awareways. Um, so welcome to you both. So Olivier, could you tell me uh, maybe a bit more about yourself uh, or about Game Tailors, um, how you got into the business of games? Yeah, sure. Let me start with uh, Game Tailors. Uh, our clients come to us when it is hard to motivate a group of people to practice or learn some important material. Uh, mostly in healthcare and education. We then design and develop a scalable solution, custom made to that material, of course, uh, so that our clients can effectively motivate the target group to learn and practice playfully and as smoothly as possible. But then in turn, our clients can scale without worry and their target group have fun while learning. So generally, game tellers take some projects where we think we can improve the lives of others at scale. This passion uh, to help others with gamified solutions, it all started when I, when I was a child. Uh, anyways, uh, I got into entrepreneurship. Uh, I really liked uh, building websites. I, I loved my computer, everything that I could do with it, like uh, uh, Adobe Flash or Macromedia back in the day. Uh, I played so many uh, hours with, with the software, just making animations and, and stuff. Uh, it was basically a passion and it was bound to happen that I did something with it in my life. Um, so at some point I got to TU Delft, I did some uh, computer science bachelor studies, then I went to the master. That's where I met my current uh, companion for the, for the company, uh, Bastado. He's a great friend as well. Uh, we worked uh, together on many projects and it was already clear from those projects that we were some kind of power couple, let's say. Uh, everything we did was like great. I did the, the 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 front stuff. He did the back stuff. He made sure it all worked. I made sure it all felt good. And um, yeah, we got good grades and we thought like, hey, let's go. Let's do something with this. Um, and that's also mainly because our vision of the world or what we could do with games was similar. Like, learning is actually fun. It doesn't have to be boring. Um, and basically playing a game is also learning the rules and learning the environment. So let's put that together and um, change the world in a way with games step by step and see if we can make a dent in the world. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Tommy, you also have a, a background in games. Could you maybe tell us a bit more about that? 
Yeah, I did uh, game design and development at the Art Academics uh, back then in Hilversum. Now uh, it's uh, stationed in Utrecht. And um, from that uh, point, uh, I started a company as well. I had a, a serious game studio uh, for about six years. Uh, and after that, I came here to work at the Wearways. Um, so I, I, yeah, I still have a passion uh, for, for games, even though I'm now account executive. Uh, but still that makes it quite interesting because um, you have a product background so you can still you know uh, talk about it with uh, with the clients yeah, and yeah. give a little bit more in-depth uh, information about how it's uh, built and what the gamification elements are that are in the in the products we uh, we built so yeah talking about uh, gamification that's our topic for today um, and I can imagine that most of our listeners aren't too familiar with the term gamification, but it's uh, uh, a word that's built up from games uh, and we make something gamified. So we yeah. uh, embed parts of a game into something. Yeah. Um, maybe you could give us a slight introduction or a slight definition of w what gamification is and what we use it for. Yeah, so the common way that you can look at it is uh, you have an app or something that you need to do and it's boring. People don't want to do it. So you add flavor. And the most common way to do this is add badges, leaderboards, scores, stuff like this. This is, this is I guess, the more cliche way of gamifying stuff. And it kind of works sometimes, but you got to watch out. Of course, there are some caveats. But uh, yeah, so that's generally how you can view gamification. Um, but then there are, of course, applied games, series games, and you could say there's like a spectrum uh, of how gamified something is. So when you have a, a boring app, it's like at the, the bottom end. And when it's a full-fledged game, 3D, walking around, uh, that will be a full, uh, full-on game, right? So gamification will be somewhere in between. Do you agree? Um, uh, anyway. Um uh, as far as I know, the uh, definition of gamification and the difference with serious gaming is that uh, gamification is a, um, using game mechanics in a non-game environment yeah. to uh, reach for uh, a serious goal, yeah. while serious gaming is uh, experiment in a game environment with a serious goal. So the environment where it takes place um, uh, is, is different. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, yeah, the context. But also uh, through the years, uh, names have changed. As you said, applied games, series yeah. games, gamification. Things went um, a little bit mixed up as well. Mm. Uh, there were also times that it didn't have a really popular uh, flavor to the name. So they also changed it to bringing new life into the, the term um, uh, as we use it. So, um, yeah, but there is a, a difference between serious gaming and gamification. Cool. Um, so I think that maybe the best way to continue is, is there some example that people might be familiar with in their day-to-day -day life um, of uh, applying gamification to a product. I, I don't know if either of you have a, something off the top of your head. 
many. I think uh, you you should you know them as well. Uh, uh, earning points uh, with your uh, uh, what is what is it called again? Um, uh, your your Mastercard or Air Miles. Right. Um, it, it's it's to use game mechanics to motivate people. They're motivational uh, principles to, uh, as you said, uh, Olivier, um, make something boring fun. Um, uh, so uh, many things. When you go to the gas station, you earn points on your uh, on your card. When you go to the um, subway or not not yeah subway you 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 get a sticker every time you buy something and uh, when yeah. you have 12 stickers you get a free sandwich uh all those kind of things are not seen and experienced always as uh something that is a game mechanic but uh it, it is in our uh, uh, uh normal lives it's uh, in in many small things more than you would think one more serious application, and not that it's very common for common folks, let's say, but more for developers, is a Stack Overflow. And that's a website where a lot of developers that build applications go to for answers when they uh, want to know how to program a specific part. And um, it's just a forum, basically, but people can ask questions and then other people can answer. It's pretty simple, but they added a gamification layer where answering a correct answer uh, gives you points because people vote on you so it's community based and it, and it works really well so when you go to stack overflow as a developer you most often find the correct answers at the top that really help you and they really do their best to um, work out the answer as as good as possible to help you with uh, with your issue yeah that sounds that sounds really diverse uh, yeah. one more uh, example i think many many people would uh, uh, would know is uh, Google asking you to uh, pick out the that's uh, the, capture the, the capture yeah the, capture the, the the cars within the picture or you know the the red lights um, uh, they are uh, making uh, something uh, boring interactive to give you a checkup if it's really you and at the same time they are uh, uh, getting more data and data, data and data, sorry, <laughs> uh, from uh, your actions while you're yep. not aware of the fact that you are actually helping Google at that moment to... Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I guess it's fun for Google though, because <laughs> for me as a user, it's not fun to get these no, things. It's true. At some point <laughs> you get, you get tired of it. But uh, the, the yeah. first, uh, I think quite sometimes, um, you're way more willing to do that yeah. than yeah. Um, putting in the, the letters uh, that are really yeah, blurred out. Blurred yeah, out and and yeah. at some point you're like, oh, how should I ever yeah. read yeah. what yeah. is... Yeah. It's much better, much better. Yeah. 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 And one final example when we uh, stick to Google would be their um, focus on, on making Google Street View and Google itself better. So when you place reviews, you get points and you, you, you can become like a local guide and you get badges and stuff. So there is cool, also yeah. a lot of uh, incentive to keep on posting new images of, uh, for, for instance, I, I have 2 million views just by posting <laughs> very basic pictures of an Albert Hein near me. Yeah, um, yeah. And that gives me incentive to place more. It just never happens, but... <laughs> I, I'm following you. <laughs> <laughs> for real? <laughs> okay. Uh -huh.
Yeah, th- those are some really good examples, uh, and I, th- I think also the the scope of uh, of those examples is really wide. Yeah. Um, so, question that pops up in my head, at least, is: mm. Can we apply gamification to anything? Is there is there a limit to uh, where gamification can be used and when it's useful? Um, maybe if you know of an example where it might not be the best way to go, uh, when a leaderboard would be connected to payment, salary, stuff like that, where it impacts, uh, you know, uh, it, ah. it's, it's, it's really good to use it for things that people are uh, not motivated for themselves. Um, but if you want to gamify something that people are already uh, feel motivated to do, then you have a way bigger chance that it has a negative impact instead of making it more fun. Yes. Yeah, I think it, that that makes sense. It, um, I think it uh, probably has something to do with people that don't want to feel like they're um, blocked by uh, a gamification element from completing what they're already uh, motivated to do. Yeah. Um, I have a good example, I think. So uh, there was this uh, classroom experiment where children were um, happily drawing images. And at some yeah. point, the teacher uh, introduced stickers for those children that were drawing. But once she stopped providing the stickers, they stopped drawing. Because at first, they had an uh, intrinsic yeah. motivation from themselves to just draw. But at some point, because they received uh, the stickers, it became about the extrinsic so extrinsic motivational things can trump intrinsic, just the opposite of what you want. So no. you, can, you can provide the wrong incentives. Uh, it's basically in the workplace as well. If people get too much money for their job, uh, their performance might degrade because they do it basically for the money. It become, they, they construct reasons for the job for the money and not for their own uh, motivation. And purpose makes sense cool so um our big question here is uh our podcast and our company uh has an overarching theme of information security so um tommy why do you think gamification works well for information security um well uh, information security is uh, a subject that is uh, most of the times for organizations, for 20% of an organization, it's a, a daily-based uh, subject they encounter and uh, they find it important. Uh, but for the other 80% of the organization, it's something that they feel it's, it's covered by the IT and um, uh, I'm not in danger. Uh, you know, they, they feel safe. Um, and don't really feel the possible, the potential impact it can have if they uh, act insecure with these yeah. uh, materials. So for us, it's important to get the whole organization uh, to reach the goal of um, aware behavior, right? So uh, because it's not a really sexy uh, <laughs> subject for a lot of people, yeah. um, uh, it's important to make it um, to give it a positive vibe to make it fun uh, to motivate people to interact with the subject uh, so in this part gamification can play a big role uh, so that 
you have instead of the the people uh, clicking through an e-learning that they find okay yeah i i need to you know compliance wise uh, yeah, uh, yeah. get a check uh, my manager is asking me to do this but if you go through a learning that way you won't reach any uh, change in behavior so um we are doing all we can to make it attractive uh fun and motivate them to uh focus on the content they uh yeah they see so yeah so it's 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 more of a, an assistance of helping people learn and getting everyone in the whole company on board on board with the yeah. subject um so maybe you have something olivier yeah, so there's an extra layer to this, I think, because there's one part that's gamification where people are motivated to, to do something with it. And that's mostly, of course, because gamification is basically, uh, it distills how uh, we are motivated in life and uses those components in some other context, for instance, uh, information security in this case. Yeah. So people are motivated to work with it more because they, uh, they can see their progress towards a goal hopefully a goal that they set themselves and that's why they are more motivated but then the extra layer is that other people see other people doing this and when it becomes a social norm to focus on this there will be behavior change definitely yeah so of course behavioral change is what we usually chase uh, with information security uh, awareness specifically as well um, to get everybody in the organization um, to act in a secure manner. Um, yeah. So that's often our, our one of our, or our main end goal. Um, so that's of course really important. Yeah, so to add to that, um, if I may, is uh, most people are maybe insecure about what to do if they see something. Maybe they know that there's something off, but they don't know what to do. And if they're alone, they might do something uh, for it. But if they're not alone, they will look around them for other people. What do they do? If no one reacts, nothing will happen. Yeah, uh, definitely. So it is important that once there is this insecurity, they know the right thing to do and that there is a social norm in the company that they know what to do and what's expected of them. And then people will be more likely to do uh, the set behavior that you re really want. And then that will start the ball rolling towards the other side instead of doing nothing, doing something. Yeah. So um, I have another question, uh, and after that, I think we'll get into some statements. Or so, yeah, sorry, uh, can I uh, add uh, another sure, important definitely. thing I almost forgot to uh, to mention? <laughs> Go is ahead. That, uh, what uh, games provide is uh, a safe place to learn and make mistakes, and especially with uh, information security, where if something goes wrong, it can go horribly wrong, right? Um, and this gives you the environment to experience what happens, uh, uh, what the procedure is, uh, how to report uh, in a fun way. And at the same time, you are aware of the fact that, all right, I'm, I'm safe to make a mistake, but I will learn from it to do it better next time. Um, and so that experimental uh, uh, environment is, is really uh, um, uh, yeah, a major thing, I would say, in this subject to, uh, to add. Yeah. I am nodding, nodding loudly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. So um, there's one specific question I have, and that kind of 
comes up uh, very often when you talk about uh, games and gamification is target groups. So um, games are not for everyone. Uh, my dad, for example, doesn't play games, doesn't want to play games. Maybe a, maybe a board game here or there, or a card game. He's still a gamer, though. You could you could call him a gamer. I'll I'll, I'll get back to you. Does um, he does he like sports? Yeah, I I, I think so. He he likes He's sports as in watching them mostly. Um, he's not really a, a, he he played sports to some extent, um, but yeah, he he watches sports quite a bit. He's a gamer. Now, th this that's, is that's something to him. Uh, important. I'll, I'll tell, yeah, tell yeah, yeah, but really, this is something important. And, uh, many people are not aware of is that. Uh, playing football, uh, uh, golf, uh, tennis, or whatever, there are all games. Uh, it's a physical form, but it's, uh, it's a set of rules. You have a goal, you have, uh, 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 you're motivated uh, to, uh, yeah, you have mechanics. Um, so uh, many people uh, say I'm a gamer or I'm not a gamer. But our brains are wired to get feedback, uh, solve puzzles, and uh, uh, so this. Uh, we are all gamers, but um, yeah, it, it 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 not everyone is a fan of online gaming. Yeah, make makes sense. And uh, so. but it, it is true because you um, you do have preferences, right? Even within online gaming, you have preferences. And so this is as well for, for one organization, we use a leaderboard because competition is uh, a really big thing there. We see it works well, but for the other organization, it, uh, it doesn't fit the culture. So we leave it out um, because you want to adapt your mechanics that you, that you use to uh, the type of culture uh, in the organization. And I may dare say that probably there is a game somewhere that they might like. Like even The Sims, for instance, that's a game that a lot of people like, even though they're not gamers. And it's basically because uh, games are a themed hyper-hyper-realism compacted uh, into a small format uh, because when you live, you play the game of life. And everything that motivates you, motivates you in life motivates you in games as well but more compacted isolated structured yeah yeah so in that sense then yeah i guess everyone is a gamer in a way uh but i guess the general public thinks of a gamer of course someone that boots up a digital game on their computer or console and then they would say that's not for me but i agree that like basically everyone is a gamer uh in a way that uh, kind of rolls into my uh, one of my statements. I wrote down two statements uh, for this uh, episode. Um, those are kind of like prompts for you to react to, give your opinions, um, and kind of meant to like stir up a, a discussion. Um, so the first one I have is that gamification is the future of learning. Do you think you agree with that? I think it's... Uh hard to say like where until what extent do you define gamification the most important part is psychology that's how gamification exists it's because we have knowledge of how our brain works what motivates us and what you do with education 
what you'd rather do is have them find their intrinsic motivation to learn about a certain topic. And you can incorporate gamification as a of things uh, not not sure either it's it's about uh, the philosophy and the um, the yeah the, the psychology um, yeah. of learning of teaching people exactly uh, there's the word we're looking for <laughs> that's there's a huge overlap if you want to do uh, learning correctly at school or wherever uh, you're using in some way gamification because of the overlap that would be my opinion. Yeah. So wh what what do you think, uh, Joost? No, I, I think it does really have a, a, a solid place um, in the future of learning. I think uh, the education uh, that we know, know now, um, it has evolved over the years, but I think there's still quite a ways to go. And I also think that gamification and um, game mechanics, uh, games in general have a, have a place in, in that future. Um, I don't know if it's the future per se. <laughs> I don't know if it's the next big big thing in uh, in education and in learning. Um, but it's certainly uh, one of those things I'm looking forward to seeing uh, in the future. Um, and maybe <laughs> if I have kids someday, maybe they'll grow up uh, learning with games. Who knows? Uh, that would be exciting. Yeah, well, uh, another example, um, uh, like... And the listeners uh, uh, may agree that my, my English is not perfect, for sure. Um, <laughs> completely but fine. No, no, no. But what I wanted to say with that is that all the English I've learned was through gaming, uh, playing board games, online games. Uh, I had to interact with other people. So that was my incentive because I want to make progress within the game. So this motivated me to uh, learn and talk English more and more and more. Um, it wasn't because I was just such a brave boy in, uh, in English class, I can assure you that. Um, but now with the new gener younger generation of uh, kids of no, 10, 12 years old, you already see that they speak so uh, well English uh, yeah. compared to, you know, um, when we are uh, bashing the Super Nintendo uh, or... Um, so the effect even entertainment games has on language um, is, is, is quite a change. Yeah, there are many skills that you learn through gaming. Uh, like uh, surgeons that game perform better than those that don't because they use their hands in coordination more. So they're more trained with it. Uh, that's a great example. Uh, but to come back to the grades, honestly, I think those are a terrible system <laughs> because agree <laughs> it's it's not for everyone yeah it's not for everyone but the but the problem is that even if you choose a study that you really like, at some point you'll be doing it for the grades because there is this big extrinsic motivational factor that just trumps your intrinsic one uh, and you're working towards grades and not learning something and that's the problem. your motivation is getting the grade, but it's not getting per se, the content inside your head. You're doing it just for the for the test. But once the test is finished, yeah. you, you discard the information, you don't need it. Next. Yeah. 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 Compared with something you do in your free time, a hobby. You know, a hobby, that's the ultimatum of 
what you want to reach with gamification. That's uh, it's voluntary. Uh, you do it with um, without anyone telling you you have to. Uh, and this is the the best experience I would say to have with learning, right? So yeah. if 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 you can reach that goal, um, yeah. It would be great if you if everyone could learn without having to feel like it takes them and uh, takes them like real effort, uh, without having to like put in uh, work that they don't feel like doing. Um, that might be a really really good end goal. I think that's maybe also putting <laughs> the bar really high. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you cannot learn without uh, thinking. You need thinking. Yeah, you need. To I, think. I, I definitely agree. Uh, you still need to be you need to be active. You need to be engaged. Yeah. Uh, but I think your comparison with a hobby uh, also really works. Yeah. Um, that would be uh, would be really nice. Uh, all right. Um, I think we're nearly at a, a, a good point where we uh, discussed everything that we kind of wanted to get through. Um, so we have a recurring segment on this show. It's called Fool Me Once. Um, and for today, I think. Uh, Olivier, you had an interesting story you, you wanted to share, right? Yes, yes. Um, so uh, with regards to information security, um, watch out to whom you send an email and uh, whom you put in the CC and BCC. Because uh, uh, yes. last week I received an email uh, of someone that just wanted to get in contact with everyone in our industry. And that's, that's, of course, fine, but uh, they created a, a contact list, uh, scavenged the whole, whole internet. And instead of putting all those email addresses in BCC, they added them to CCC or CC, which means I could see their complete contact list that they, that they <laughs> sent the email to. And it was a lot of email addresses. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. And the entire industry, the yeah. entire Dutch gaming industry. Yeah, and, and then some. Industry. Wow. And then some. It was, it was huge. And um, that's a huge database of contacts. I can uh, imagine. And I guess, yeah, I mean, what should I do now? Like, I have yeah. this list. It's email addresses of uh, uh, names and people uh, that are probably public because it's scavenged yeah. online, I suppose. I, I looked through the list. It looked like info at email addresses and, and stuff. Um, but still, it's, does it mean I can use it? I mean... Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big dilemma. It's a it's a good point, um, but if it's anonymous company uh, contact information with company names, it's 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 fine. Even though you may not have acquired the information uh, the the way that uh, everybody else would, um, as if if you were to use it or not, I think because it's probably public info, it should be fine. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting one, I think. Yeah, and uh, it reminds me of another instance that's not about CC and BCC, but it's about the misspelling, because I have a domain, uh, and I sometimes just get scanned documents from people. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, because they use the wrong email address. Oh. And because there is this one letter difference, uh, I get these scanned documents of some company. I, I I don't care about them because they're useless to me. True, but they uh, could be. But they could be a data breach. Yes, uh, that's uh, that's one of the one of the 
easiest classifications of uh, data breach or at least a information security incident um, where you can say that information got into the wrong hands uh, yeah. so yeah if they're company documents i think <laughs> yeah. you probably want to give that company a ring to see uh, if they maybe want to be a bit more careful it, it was hard to, to track them down because not always you find an email address attached because they send it through their uh, printer or scanner directly uh, um, yeah. and the input system is of course terrible in such <laughs> such systems <laughs> so i can understand yeah. you misspell a domain um but yeah you can sometimes of course see uh, company names so i try to uh, email them but no response shame yeah yeah but it can happen so I think uh, the lesson that we learn is <laughs> be careful every time you use email addresses. Uh, email addresses are really useful at the end of the day, um, but because they're single points of, uh, yeah, basically an address for you to contact anyone in the world, um, it's also a way that you can easily um, take advantage or uh, make a mistake um, of this system. Uh, so. Always be careful um, when you send information, spe specifically private information or sensitive information through email, um, that it goes to the right people uh, and it doesn't get into the wrong hands. Yeah. You should uh, gamify that, Joost. Uh, gamify email. Mm -hmm. Ooh, now that sounds <laughs> like a challenge. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I might might have an addition uh, to make. Not, not to the latest topics, but I thought maybe it would be nice to and the podcast with a with a useful takeaway for the for the listeners yeah for sure uh let's say there's some behavior that you would like to change um of course we all have these uh new year's promises and stuff uh that are long gone by now <laughs> definitely uh, almost ready for next year yeah exactly you can prepare now uh because one thing that really really can help is if you set a goal tell a lot of people about it and have someone to check on you because then there is this social norm that's pushing you yeah yeah uh, good one cool well uh i think that's it for today uh thanks so much thank you tommy for uh joining me today see you tomorrow <laughs> see you tomorrow and of course thanks olivier um where can people find you uh if uh, they want to talk to you about games game gamification uh, about what you do maybe yeah, so uh, it could be on LinkedIn uh, or uh, maybe the easiest way would be just to go to gametailors.com um, uh, or email me through oliver at gametailors.com. Amazing. Thanks. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to follow us on your favorite podcasting platforms. For more information about Awareways, go to awareways.com.